You're listening to A Little Less Alone, and we're your hosts, Allie and Kayla. We're going to be talking about all things mental health, self-love, Enneagram, daily life, and everything in between. We will keep it authentic, and we won't shy away from sharing our truth and keeping it real. Before we dive in, know that you are seen, you are heard, and you are valid. We're so glad you're here. Hi, friends. Welcome back to A Little Less Alone. This week, Allie and I are going to be talking all about anxiety and how it's played a role in our lives from childhood to now. Yes, I have literally been anxious since I was a child, so that is very accurate. (laughs) Yes, same. It's interesting to look back and when we decided this is what we were going to talk about, I started to think about like when... Like, when did it all start? And honestly, probably, like, since I've been out of the womb, like, I was, like, I came out of the womb anxious and just, like, this shy little girl, so afraid of so many things. And, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I I feel very similarly. I often wonder, like, when did it start? When did I really first feel anxious for the first time? And I think it was the moment I started breathing, to be honest. So let's talk about that for a second because it's hilarious. So when I was born, my mom had no issues with her pregnancy other than the fact that I was late. If ever you're wondering why Allie is late all the time, why I'm late all the time, it's because I've literally been late since the day I was born. But on top of that, everything was normal. Everything was fine. And then she gave birth to me and then I wouldn't breathe. I think I was anxious about being alive. <laughs> Seriously. And so anyway, they had to hook me up to, well, let me take the back. I don't know if they had to hook me up to a breathing machine, but I know that they had to do the, like the little back pat thing. Cause they were like, she's free, she's free, she's free. <laughs> and so I fought breathing. I didn't want to be alive. Just kidding. I just was anxious about coming into the world. So I think that's really where it started. Oh my God. That's amazing and scary for your mom at the same time. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine the anxiety she was probably feeling as well. And yeah, I'm still like trying to think of what I, I mean, I think I was always just like really shy and afraid of like what other people thought of me. Like that was, I was always like just afraid of everyone's idea of me. And then I think that I was always stressed about like what was, or like anxious about like what was happening. Like, I think I can, I remember mostly, honestly, probably like middle school and high school. I felt like there was always something that had to be done. I never could just breathe and relax and be in the moment because I was always like, oh, there's just always something else that needs to be done. And I've noticed myself doing that again. Like I'll wake up in the morning, like, oh my gosh, I have like 10 things that I need to do. And I'm just like, okay, Kayla, like take a deep breath and let's do like one thing at a time. But that's, I mean, that's just a little snippet of like my anxiety, but something that definitely is something I deal with every day. Yeah. I feel the same. I wake up and like my thoughts are always what I need to do, what I need to accomplish, and all the things that I haven't accomplished that I need to get done in a day. And of course, that's uh, pretty congruent, I guess, with being a type one, as we talked about more in um, in our episode talking about the Enneagram. But as a one, like I am very task-oriented, and that really plays a role in my anxiety because I'm my brain is constantly like, from the time I wake up, what do I need to do? What haven't I done that I should do? And the shoulds, I think, are the dangerous part, you know, especially when, like, your anxiety creeps into, like, relationships and your friendships, like, 
what what I should do in this situation or what I should do in, you know, my, my career choices or in my relationship, well, past relationships, all of those like little shoulds that pop up in your brain and they kind of, they make you question if you're making the right choice. And for me, I know that leads into like overthinking and that can cause you to be, well, for me to be like paralyzed in my decisions. Like I can't make a decision or I sit and think on it over and over and over again. And then I always end up criticizing myself over what that decision was, you know, so there's all that anxiety. And then there's the anxiety of like physical anxiety. I I have a generalized anxiety disorder. And so that goes beyond the normal everyday, like stresses that come up where you're anxious. There is a good type of anxiety that causes us to like have motivation, do things we need to do. But with generalized anxiety disorder, it really, for me, it can cause me to be like really irritable. I'm very short tempered. I'm very in my head. I don't like my body almost responds in a way that's like, I tighten my muscles and I can't relax, uh, which is both frustrating and well, that just perpetuates the anxiety. <laughs> so there's like all the different types of anxiety that I have felt in my life over the course of my, you know, almost 30 years. And I'm sure it relates to people listening. I'm sure whether you have generalized anxiety disorder as a diagnosed thing in your life, or if it's just you have social anxiety, which is totally an important thing to talk about, that can come up too. Or if you're just like a doer and you have all these things on your list that you know you need to do and you wake up in the morning with like, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Those are all types of anxiety. And those are all valid forms of anxiety that come up. And we are definitely open to talking about all of those different types of anxiety because they all exist and they're all valid. Absolutely. I feel like I've definitely experienced all of those. And social anxiety is something I never, like I thought about it, like having it. And I thought that I'd kind of like, I don't know, like built my confidence up to where I didn't have it as much. Like, for example, this is like something that I like, I think about often, like the group of friends that I'm friends with now, when I first met them, it was at a tennis league and we would go out to dinner afterwards. And I never wanted to be the first one to leave because I was so anxious about would they talk about me afterwards and then also I was like afterwards I'm just like oh my gosh I I talked too much I did this I did that and just like just like going over in your head like everything that like I did wrong and and I liked what you said about how anxiety is not just about like what's going on in our mind it also like affects our body and sometimes I'm like oh like I wish like I you know I feel like my shoulders are always sore because I'm constantly just like pushing them up and I hold my breath a lot and then like I clench my jaw but sometimes it's also a reminder to me like those little those body things like once you start to understand your body and like be in your body you notice those things and I that makes me realize like oh like what, what's going on Kayla because sometimes I'm not in tune in my mind as much as I think that I am but my body I'm like oh like I notice that I'm clenching I notice that I'm like holding my breath and things like that that's so true I have done very similar things with social anxiety I feel like my social anxiety probably really ramped up when I was in middle school and I almost wonder if like that's true for a lot of other people because I feel like elementary school you're kind of you're kind of you're more widely accepted by people because, you know, you're, you're little and you play games together and you're taught, especially in like our society in like public schools, you're taught like togetherness and, you know, you do everything together and you're in one class together. So it's like easier to mingle and to get to know people and there's less pressure to be someone else. 
when you're when you're in middle school, it like the game changes, right? You develop your own social groups for the first time. You are involved in sports, which well, some people are involved in sports, which can create other like groups that you interact with that you may feel the need to like keep up with in a way. And I think for me, that age group was really when it started. I I kind of, I, don't, I feel like I've always felt a little different than other people and probably because of my sexuality. I mean, I think that plays a huge role in it having grown up in the South. But even aside from that, I just always felt a little different from other people. And now knowing that I'm one and I pull from four traits and stress, like that totally makes sense because fours are like, they see themselves as unique and different. And so oftentimes when I'm stressed and I feel disoriented, I feel like I'm, I'm alone. Nobody can really understand me. I just feel different than a lot of people. So now it makes a lot of sense looking back, but I don't know. I just always felt like I was different from a lot of people. And I had this like rumination in my head of like, oh, they're not going to accept me. Oh my God, I said the wrong thing. Oh my God, I, I'm dressing different than, you know, other people. Not that I like deviated too much, but like sometimes I just liked things that other people didn't like and I was too scared to wear it. And at times I'd get made fun of. I mean, middle schoolers are just mean. Can I just say, we're mean when we're in middle school, okay? And so I remember thinking like, oh, I can't wear that again. I got made fun of. Or, oh, I can't do this. I got made fun of. And I think that really that perpetuated the anxiety not that I blame anyone now of course we're grown but I don't know I feel like there's something about that age group that just like you learn how you're different and uh it's awkward and it's weird and it definitely anxiety producing yes for sure I feel like yeah that's such an age where it's like either you and obviously it's not just it's not this black and white but for me like just as you were talking it made me think about like it's like either you kind of like go your own way and you form your identity and you kind of I don't know learn to just be who you are or like me I felt like I like I had the same friends from preschool all the way to high school which I feel like is such a unique experience I feel like so many people that I've talked to like don't have that experience because they went to a bigger school or lived in a bigger city or whatever but I feel like I just kind of became what they were and but I think it made me a lot less confident because I wasn't being myself because I was just too anxious to really be myself which honestly I don't even know what that would have been I don't even know what I I wish I could go back to that time and like be inside my brain because I don't even remember like what I was into that probably was different or um, maybe I didn't even allow myself to like explore new things because everyone was just so similar it's like I went to a small tiny Catholic school where, you know, there was no diversity. I'll just put it that way. Like very little diversity and very little room for being yourself. Because if you were yourself and that was a little bit different than, you know, a cheerleader, dancer, you know, people that played the main sports, then you were, you were weird. You were the outcast. And, oh, like, I just wish I could go back to that time and like allow myself to be that. Because I feel like those are the coolest people. Like looking back, I'm like, man, like those are the people that are like, doing it right because they're being themselves and they're not letting their fear of what people think of them get in the way but they also were the ones who you know got bullied and got picked on and I just want to go back and hug those those kids and I wish that I I don't think that I was ever mean to those people but I don't think that I ever did anything and, and that's something that I regret for sure and I was listening this is doesn't have that much to do with anxiety but I was reading Brene Brown's book and she talks about all different kinds of experiences emotions and she was talking about regret and how so often we're like no regrets no regrets and and one thing she says like regret is actually 
good in some ways because it it's accountability in a way and it makes you look back and be like how could I have done that differently and if I'm ever in a similar situation because like now like if I ever notice someone like I can tell like if someone feels uncomfortable or whatever like I make sure I include them because I remember those kids and I and it breaks my heart to like think about that so anyway random segue but I feel like it was important yeah I think that's so important you said a couple of things that like I want to touch on because I don't know, I really resonated with it. My school was a little bit bigger, but definitely with the same mindset of like, if you are at all different, then you were probably ostracized. And I don't know if that was anybody else's perspective or if that's just mine having moved away from where I grew up and having a little bit more life experience now, but I'm still going to honor my perspective because it's valid. And so I'm going to say that I definitely felt like if you were different, you were probably ostracized. And I know that I experienced that in my, my time, you know, in school with my peers, not all of them, obviously, but I would say the majority. And, you know, talking about regret and looking back and kind of, you know, wishing you could like hug those kids that were often bullied and picked on. I love that you brought that up because I was the person and, and I never knew why. Now I know. But at the time, I never knew why I was so gravitated to the to those types of people because I don't know. I mean, I looked like the average girl that went to school where we went. I dressed in the same typical type of clothes, but like I always was drawn to the people that were maybe a little more artsy or maybe were just different than you know not not as outspoken or not involved in sports. And I think looking back now, it's probably because. I identified with them in a way of feeling different and needing that connection, but also not really needing a, a click, so to speak. I was never really in a specific group of people. And now I look back and I'm proud of that because I didn't cut myself off from developing relationships with people that had different, different life experiences. But I do wish that I could go back and maybe do things better than I did them in the way that I did. I mean, I honored them and I spent time with them, but I think, I don't know. I feel like I could have learned a lot more from those people in being confident in who I am and not caring so much about what the, you know, common society of our school culture really cared about. And it it could have helped me to be a little more confident in myself. But on top of that, this is something like, I want to dive into maybe a little later, maybe not. I haven't quite decided if I want to talk about it yet, but my relationship with my biological father, who I am now referring to as my biological father and not my dad. And there's a reason for that. So that's the part I don't really want to talk about today, but maybe in the future I will. But growing up, he kind of had this idea that there was a way in which to associate yourself with people that you grew up with or you were friends with. And his idea was very centered around like status and who you were and who you knew and who they knew and that kind of thing. And I always felt very misunderstood by him too in having friends that were outside of the quote norm. And I remember him making comments even about like, you know, people's different socioeconomic status. And I was lucky and very fortunate to grow up not going without or not wanting anything, but that's not everybody's reality. And I remember being being very so like so open to other people who had different experiences and tying it back to anxiety, like not feeling like I could be myself because there was this constant pressure on me to associate with the right 
quote group of people and you know uphold some sort of like exterior image and that made me so anxious to like not be able to be myself even really at home and so I mean yeah all of that to say I think if I could if I could go back and learn more from those people and maybe even befriend them a little deeper I would I would do it over again in a heartbeat for sure absolutely and you said so many good things, but one thing I feel like that ties most into like the anxiety is like what you said about the image that like we need to uphold. And I feel like I have a lot of anxiety around like career and things like that because of that expectation from family, society, like the school that I went to, it was like, it was not where you're going to college. It was, it wasn't, if you were going to college, it was where it was like, you know, where are you going to go to grad school after that? Like, what kind of like, you know, job are you going to get? Are you going to be, you know, like there were certain careers and ways of living that were like acceptable and some that weren't. And so I, you know, still, still, still struggle. (laughs) Still. I still struggle. Look, we come from the South. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's going to pop out every once in a while, but yeah, I still struggle with when I like tell people what I do for work, because it's not the norm. It's like, I'm a nanny and I'm a virtual assistant. I do this and that. And it's not like I am this. And I feel like it makes people even, even makes other people uncomfortable when I tell them that because they don't even really, they're just like, what? And so I think something that I think about a lot and I thought about a lot as we were talking was like using the word weird. And instead of saying weird, saying like, uh, or normal or not normal I guess that's the main thing like no, people are like oh that's normal that's not normal no it's not that it's not normal it's just like it's not familiar to you just because you've never heard of like you know seen someone with that career or seen someone dress like that or look like that or whatever like it doesn't mean it's out of the ordinary it's just that you have this expectation or like box that you you know think people should live in and they chose not to and so that's weird to you so I say everyone just be fucking weird yes be weird be the weirdo in the group it's fun honestly (laughs) yeah and just like I mean and that's easier said than done like I I struggle I mean still especially it's hard whenever like I have those people that see me as in a certain way like see me still see me as like the shy quiet girl and then now I'm like very outspoken and I'm opinionated and all that and it's still I still get you know anxious about letting that side of me show that's why like I love pot doing podcasts and things like that because I'm like no I don't I'm not I'm just talking to you Allie like you know but other people can see this side of me through things like this and um that's why it's really fun so thank you for doing this with me <laughs> yeah of course and and as I'm like I mean, I'm going to be honest, because like we said, we're going to keep the honest, authentic, like, okay, so I'm, I'm always like, I always get a little nervous when we record, and <laughs> so I'm like sitting here, and I have, I don't care who's listening, by the way, <laughs> um, I have my like bong <laughs> next to me, and her name is Aurora, and the whole time I'm like, I need to take a hit, I need to take a hit, <laughs> because this makes my anxiety so much better when I smoke so yes I am a cannabis enthusiast definitely definitely believe in the power that it has to help your anxiety and depression maybe we'll talk about that another episode because that's like totally a topic dedicated to itself but like oh my god my life changed when I finally came around to the idea of using cannabis and I preferred cannabis uh, as to marijuana because marijuana is actually a derogatory term to refer to as weed to like weed's cool cannabis is cool marijuana is a little it's a little not okay so I try to stay away from that term but I don't know like I remember my like first so 
just to get backstory, I was very anti-weed for a long time. And probably because I was accused of using it before I actually did. And I was made to be out. I was made to, to be portrayed as like some pothead, which I never was. And uh, so it wasn't until 2020 that I actually started using it for medicinal purposes. And it has so changed my life with anxiety and depression. I honestly think it's much better than medication, but again, that's a different like topic. We can totally talk about it later. Yes. Thank you for sharing about that. I still, I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago, but I want to talk about it more with you. So maybe we'll just have to have a conversation and I can ask you questions and learn more about it because I know like medication and we don't have to talk about this, but I started taking medication summer of 2020. Yeah. So I think it was like September. So summer of 2020 was what I call my like deep, dark depression, anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, it was terrible. And I feel like I'm saying, like, I'm laughing as I say it just because of like the way that I explain it or like what I call it, but it was actually like probably the most painful experience of my life because I was experiencing anxiety and depression at the exact same time, which like, if you know, anxiety is what is like in your ear telling you, you should be doing more. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And then depression is over here telling you like making you exhausted and just like, you want to just like lay on the couch and not do anything. So it's just like, your brain is just, it's like in a, like you're at war with yourself. And, and so I started taking medication and I felt like really helped. Of course I was going to therapy as well. And it was kind of interesting because like I was starting to feel better right around the time I started taking the medication. So it was kind of hard to know like if it was helping or not. And so recently I stop taking my medication like I kind of weaned myself off of it like I was about to run out I didn't have another refill so I was like I'm just gonna see how I feel because I was just interested to know if like that was just something that I needed at that time in my life and it was not something that I needed forever and if it was like that's totally fine because I think medicine definitely has its place and there should be no shame around it even though there was shame that I felt just because of the way people talk about it and saying like you shouldn't rely on a drug or anything like that um, which I think is bullshit so yeah I stopped taking it about two weeks ago and I mean I know people say like getting off medication you never know like you could feel fine you could feel terrible like you could even get like flu-like symptoms and whatnot but the first few days were definitely rough but I'm starting to feel like myself in a way like it was so weird like I felt myself just being more like playful and jokey and like I was like where is this and then like more emotional like not more emotional but like letting myself cry and things like that I felt like it like shut off like not that I would never cried whenever I was on medication but I felt like I wasn't crying that much but anyway I told myself if you know it starts to get bad again like I will start going to therapy again and I will get on medication if I feel like I need to know like I feel like I'm pretty self-aware to know when it's I mean I don't don't like to feel bad so I'm definitely gonna be like okay let you know it's time to do something so if you're out there and you are on medication are on medication like whatever that may be it's valid whatever feels right to you I think the biggest reminder is you know your body the best like you know yourself the best and you know what you need and what feels right and feels wrong to you so don't let anyone else tell you differently because it's really hard not feeling like you're in control of yourself so that's what I have to say about that it's so true when you have anxiety and depression it's literally like a war zone it's your depression tells you that you're not motivated to get up out of the bed you're 
I won't say sad because it's not even like sadness. It's just like, I mean, depression. <laughs> um, like nothingness. Like you feel nothing. I feel yes. like that's how I felt like, like nothing. Like I didn't feel happy about anything. I didn't feel sad. It was just like, I'm just here. Yes. You're just existing. Yeah. It's like, it's that. And then you have the anxiety part of it. That's like, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You need to get up, but your depression is telling you you can't get up. And it's like, it is, it's exhausting. Uh, there, there just aren't any words and I have both. So like, I definitely have moments where I feel like I'm so depressed that I can't do anything. And I almost feel paralyzed by the depression. But then there are times where I feel so overwhelmed by all the things that I need to do and should be doing that that paralyzes me too. So it's like this double whammy uh, of like expectation and like doom and gloom. I don't know. And, and sometimes it's even like, well, for me, the depression got so bad that I ended up battling suicide ideation for a lot longer than I ever thought that I would. I mean, I seriously battled suicide, um, suicidal thoughts for, I don't know, from the time I was 17 until my last hospitalization. And I'm thankful that that is a changed reality in my life, but the depression and the anxiety led to it. And it's a real thing. And of course, medicine can be a very powerful tool. I'm still on medicine too. So I take medication and I use cannabis to help. And I think both of those things are totally normal uses for combating it. I think there are some people who really need medication to help, you know, regulate them. It's more of a brain chemistry issue where the medication can help and, you know, kind of get you feeling somewhat quote normal, like you can function in, in your day-to-day -day life on a pretty regular basis. And I think for me on the other side of it, using cannabis, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm mentally regulated by the medicine and cannabis, I think just adds like another layer. So I'm able to be more present. I'm able to sleep better. I also eat better <laughs> because, you know, hashtag munchies. So I don't know. I think, I think there's just a lot of power to both of those things, which I am both a proponent and believer in. And I think whatever you choose to use and what you choose to do to help you and whether it's neither of those things, if it's yoga or swimming or working out or Whatever it is for you that helps you center yourself, I think is really the most important thing when we talk about maybe not decreasing your level of anxiety, but dealing with it and coping with it. Any of those things that you feel are necessary and like a worthy part of your life to help combat it, I think are all totally valid for sure. Yeah. And I love what you said about like, it doesn't kind of like stop yourself because like nothing's going to make your anxiety just go away forever. Like I don't, like I've like accepted the fact that this is part of me and yeah. And those things are ways yeah, to just combat it and make you be able to function and make you be able to like be present. And I think like someone, I was listening to a podcast a while back and just remembered like they were talking about depression and anxiety and they started talking about like the positive of it and I think for me and like this is what something they said and I'm like it really resonated with me because I just like thought about it I think about it a lot is because of what I've been through I now have 10 times more empathy for people that suffer and are in pain because I have been 
it, like I've been where they are not that you have to have had anxiety and depression to be able to empathize with those people but it's I can really just like feel because I know what that feels like so I think I have a lot more understanding for people and I think it makes me a better leader and just like a better human because I will never be like if I'm ever someone's boss I'm never like if they're you know saying they don't feel right or like I want them to tell me hey I need a mental health day and I pray that they will they will be honest and open with me because I know what it's like to not want to go to work I know what it's like to go to work whenever I feel like crap because like the hardest part about it for me whenever I was going through it really badly last summer was that I had to go to work and be with kids all day and I had to be on with them and pretend like everything was okay and then you come home and you're just like even more exhausted than you would have been if you were just like at home you know maybe working from home or whatever and I just wanted to do nothing and it's just it's exhausting and it just made me like remember like it's just it's exhausting to pretend to be okay, pretend to be something you're not generally like in any part of your life. Like it's exhausting to pretend like, you know, you like something when you really don't or that you, I don't know, I can't even think of an example right now, but you probably know what I mean. So yeah. It's definitely true. And circling back to what you said earlier about having this anxiety around your career. I think when we talk about anxiety that way, it goes, it goes back to what I was saying about like the shoulds in your life and almost being afraid that other people perceive you as something that you want to be but in their mind they don't see you as and that can cause you to like have a lot of self-doubt and that increases your anxiety you know so like for me in my life I think I'm always I'm opposite as you Kaylin like growing up I was never seen as like a shy kid I've always been actually I did a meditation exercise the other day where I had to ask people including you Kayla what um what what three words described to me the best and I had so many people that were saying sassy was one of the was one of the words of choice. So I feel like I've always been a little opinionated, a little sassy. Um, I love it about myself now. But um, you know, I I feel like the part that they struggle to see me as is this like entrepreneur and choosing to go after my dreams that are again outside the norm because not to being an entrepreneur isn't normal, especially in today's society. There's so many people that are wanting to start their own businesses. So I'm definitely not implying that, but like, I don't know. I feel like our culture is so like, okay, you get up, you work from nine to five, you draw a paycheck, you have the benefits, you get married, you have the 2.5 kids with a white picket fence. Like we are still very, very centered around that American ideal. And um, I think what I've realized is that that's not an ideal that I want to subscribe to. And that can make me feel, again, very, like, oddly weird or weird, in quote, in a way, like, I'm choosing to go after the thing that's hard. And I often question, like, why do I always go after the things that are hard? But, you know, I think that's just me as a one uh, and embracing challenges and all that stuff. So anyway, but even in, like, me building or trying to build my business now, like, all this anxiety comes up about what I think people think of me what when I am actively involved in like marketing or creating content I'm like what if they don't like it what if they don't like me what 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 are they thinking about me are they criticizing me are they talking badly about me and I just have to get over like okay I was not put on earth to please everyone around me that is not my job my job is to honor me and my life and what I want and what I choose to chase is what really matters and either you can get on board and support me or not. And if not, that's fine. Don't get in my way, bitch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But um, 
really don't get in our way <laughs> but really like right keep it to yourself right just keep it to yourself you know uh but seriously like all those all those things do like come to surface and it makes you question like god am I making the right decision is this the right choice am I chasing the wrong thing I've done it so many times since starting to monetize my blog at first and then that didn't work out or go the way that I thought and now I'm actively pursuing being a coach and uh which I think is like so aligned with what I'm meant to do in life so I feel right about the placement of it but I still have those fears creep up so that's my anxiety rant about how it's affecting me now yeah no absolutely I've gone through all the same things and I still go through and I still stop myself from sharing or it's just it's another like thing that's like unfamiliar it's crazy because I could probably name like a hundred coaches that I know but people that I grew up with or, you know, and things are like, even some of my friend groups here, they're like, you know, they think that I'm trying to be an influencer or this or that. And I'm just like, I mean, I, and like, someone was like, he was like, I don't think you're trying to be an influencer that like market products or whatever. It's like, you are trying to influence like the way people live. And I was like, okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. Like, not like I'm trying to tell people how to live, but trying to actually my father-in-law yesterday, um, he was, I got home and he was on the phone with my husband. And it's so weird saying that still, even though we've been married for like three months, um, that I have a (laughs) father-in-law. And he's amazing. And he like reads all of my stuff and he reads the emails that I send, like all little things. And even though he's a 70 year old man, I mean, somehow like he, my stuff resonates with him. He's like, sometimes it doesn't, but either way, he he told me on the phone, it really makes me think. It makes me think about the decisions I'm making. He gets retired and he's just, you know, it's making me think about my relationships and things like that. And, and it's good to have those reminders, but at the same time, remember that you don't need validation from everyone either about what you're doing and that you're not going to get it. And sometimes you're not going to get it from the people that you love the most. And that's really freaking hard. (laughs) I feel like this podcast has gone in a million circles, but hopefully something in here resonates with you because I think every single person has done something that's a little bit out of the ordinary or maybe wants to do something that's a little bit different than what everyone else around you is doing and I think that if anything this is going to be some encouragement that yes it's hard and you're going to have anxiety about it you're going to have pushback and you're going to have people that are that judge you or whatever and mostly the people that are judging you are the people that are like actually probably admire you in a way or they're they wish that they had the courage to do what you're doing. And that's what I have to remind myself. I am doing something brave and courageous with my life by sharing my story and sharing things. And that that sometimes intimidates people. And I used to be the person that was intimidated by those people. I'm like, oh, like, why is this girl like sharing this? Like she's trying to get attention. She's trying to do that. So like, I've had those same thoughts. And like, I don't think those thoughts are my own. I think I've heard other people say that. I've heard my parents say things like that. Like, oh, so-and-so is so what dramatic or she is doing this or that but anyway I could rant about that for a very long time but for the sake of time I will not it's so relatable I've had very similar thoughts when I would look at other people and I'll circle back to the influencer part in a minute but yeah when you see other people that but when you before you get to this place of like self-acceptance you look at other people who are doing maybe if not the thing you want to do something very similar and you're like, oh, she thinks she's all that. <laughs> I remember saying that so much when I was younger. And now I look back and I'm like, well, number one, I got that somewhere, whether it was my parents or, you know, a group of people that I was hanging out with. But it was probably the fact that they were doing the thing that I wanted to do and was too scared to do. So I'm definitely glad you brought that up because that's something I can definitely relate to. And like, so being an influencer, uh, I feel like 
I feel like it's such a common thing with like our, you know, social media culture. And there's some like positives and, and a very negative connotation on the other side. It's a very double yeah. coin. I personally know some of the best influencers that I know and love and follow are not influencing products. They're not strictly saying like, buy this and I'm going to make money off of you. It's like they are passionate about something and they yeah. use that passion to kind of pick and choose like what they choose to market and sell yeah um, things they love not just the yeah. things that someone is paying them to sell it's like oh I've been wearing this brand and now like yep. they are gonna you know pay for me to share it hell yeah I love people like that I love people that are yeah. like real as long as you're real and honest about what you're marketing it's not just something that someone messaged you and was like hey I'll give you you know a free product or a a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever to pretend like you like this product like that's where you know it gets to in like so yeah I've never wanted anyone to think if you're listening to this and if you're an influencer you want to be an influencer that I think that it's a bad thing that's not exactly what I'm trying to do so it like it felt like I don't know and I guess that's something that I need to think about myself like why why was I so offended by that so anyway good food for thought for me I think I can definitely resonate I had someone refer to me as a micro influencer and I literally cringed and I, I think I think that it's it's like it's both a positive and a negative thing in our culture it's like seen as something good but it's also seen as something kind of like ugh, like why would you choose to do that and i I don't know. I kind of just wish, I wish we could all get along and <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me start over. Is that the, is that the, I mean, girls. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could all get along and bake a cake with rainbows or whatever it says. Um, we could all just be happy. <laughs> right. We could all just be happy. I don't know. I just, I wish we could all just be or be open to seeing other people's perspectives and what their dreams are because you know, while it might not, it might not be my dream to be like a traditional influencer. I love the idea of like influencing other people for good mm -hmm. and being a change for good and positive in the world. And I think really at the end of the day, we all are an influence, whether yeah. it's positive or negative, 100%. we are all an influence yeah. on, on people around us and yeah. you know, our families and all that stuff. So I think really when we chop we're it up, all, we're all we're influencers. All influencers. <laughs> yeah. Woo. <laughs> that's so true I heard that once too and I was like yeah damn it that's true that's very true and yeah so like something to think about is yeah how are you influencing people around you and sometimes I'm like maybe our podcast should just be like we just talk like there's no titles it's just like this is there's what no we titles there's we just, just talk this is what we are talking about today because <laughs> I feel like we've talked a lot about anxiety and we've talked about other things but I think this is just I don't know. I think it's all very relatable. So I don't really care think, if it's not exactly what, like, I think I get really caught up in, I'm very like a literal person. So I'm like, if we're talking about anxiety, like everything has to be about anxiety. And it's oh like, my gosh. I'm so similar. I definitely think anxiety is so like interwoven in a lot of different aspects of our lives because I mean, I don't know. It, it's everything from like the, the literal, not the literal sense of anxiety, but like the medical sense of anxiety where it's something that's like diagnosed and is a condition. And then there's like the social aspects of it. And there's the family side of like the expectations and there's your own like questions and doubts that come up. And I think everyone at the end of the day has experienced anxiety in one situation or another, whether or not you actually have a condition, 
and it's diagnosable or it's just within a circumstance. We've all experienced it. I mean, yeah, I think it, it can be relatable in a lot of, a lot of circumstances. Yeah, I think we could do like 10 episodes all about the different types of anxiety and how they show up and that kind of thing. So yeah, I need to stop worrying about whether I talked exactly about like anxiety or went on a random tangent, but that's what I was going to say. So you reminded me when you said cat is a one wing too. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Anyway, probably increases my anxiety too, because I'm like, oh, I have to do it exactly the way that they said it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. See everything, everything circles back. Anxiety is, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Like it can, it makes me do really funny, interesting things. And I'm like trying to think of something specific. I think mostly like my intrusive thoughts are like the most like interesting thing that can tell me they're most like ridiculous. What if you, what if you fall down the stairs and you like hit your neck and you like, that's not really funny, but it's <laughs> It's actually not funny at all but I try to make it <laughs> no funny. but it's like it's so irrational that it's yeah. funny yeah yeah this yeah. is not gonna happen <laughs> like it's like final destination or something those kinds of things yes. that yeah and I like tell people I'm like do y'all ever have this and they're like no and I'm like okay cool it's just me I know there are people <laughs> it's that just do, me yeah all right but it's not just you so if you have weird thoughts about you tripping down the stairs or whatever falling like I'm always like oh gosh if I would if I would have tripped there like sometimes I'll like stumble I'm like oh my god if that, I would have actually you know fallen like what would have happened next well since you shared your irrational fear I'll tell you mine so when I was married okay so I got married in 2012 this had to have been 2014 or something I literally refused how much sense does this make let me ask I literally refused my husband worked nights at the time so I was like terrified to be at home but I refused to sleep in our bedroom because I thought if I'm in the living room and and I keep the baseball bat behind the front door (laughs) I have more of an opportunity to grab the baseball bat and kill the intruder yeah harm them and if I stayed in my bedroom didn't you're hear like, the front door yeah you're like trapped in there yes yeah. so that's my, my rational fear was that someone would break in and kill me yeah. and that has since gone away because probably anxiety meds so here yeah. we are circling back yes. <laughs> um, but Irrational fears are no joke. They they feel so real. I'm, that... I'm afraid of like things under the bed. So I mean that's oh yeah yeah. I, <laughs> I don't like to like hang my foot on the side. And then did you ever hear about Bloody Mary? Was that a thing whenever you were a kid? That was definitely a thing growing up. Yes. So it's still it's like the little girl that I nanny her friend told her about Bloody Mary, and I'm like, oh no, no no no. So now, anytime I go into my bedroom and, like, go straight to my bedroom, like, to my bathroom, I, like, flip on the light really quickly because I'm afraid she's going to be there. Even if I don't say her name three times, she still could show up in that mirror and kill me. So, yeah. Yep. That was a, that was such a big one. I'm trying to think of, like, childhood things that made me scared. Well, I always think of, like, Freddy Krueger and people like that. Like, yes, yes. I don't feel like I learned yeah. about him whenever I was young. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I always, like, I remember hearing about, I remember, like, oh, I can't go too close to the drain. <laughs> so I thought, like, I can't go, I can't go too close to the drain or, well, you know, I'm going to find the clown or I used to think, well, even now, 
but when I was little, I used to think that there was, you know, the boogeyman in the closet kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so even to this day, I cannot sleep without a closet door open. Not that I think there's a boogeyman. I just think that if, I mean, I've seen too many true crime shows to know that when a burglar comes in, so maybe, maybe I still have a fear of burglars, but yeah. if, if they come in, that if they want to like stalk you before they're going to kill you, they're going to go in your closet and just yeah. kind of hide there and, and do the peeper thing, whatever. Yeah. And so that's my irrational fear. I think it's like burglars coming in to kill me. I cannot leave closet doors open. I'm also afraid of running water when I can't see it. And I don't know why that is. That makes me so anxious. Okay. So anxious. Like, like not the toilet flushing, but like if like you're drawing a bath and it's uh-huh. dark. Yeah. No, you got to turn the lights on. What? That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's, I've always been that way. I don't like the I don't like the faucet going without yeah. the lights on. Like, no, you got to turn the lights on. I don't know. It's weird, but I don't know if that was like ever substantiated by any. I don't feel like I ever had any trauma associated with that. I think it's just yeah one of those weird phobia things. Yeah, mine's like the shower curtain. Like maybe think like the shower curtain. I'm always afraid something's behind it. I haven't been that way in a while. Honestly, that was like probably been since like high school. But like I used to have to like check like when I'd go to the bathroom like anywhere that there was a shower curtain because my bathroom growing up actually didn't have a shower curtain. It had like the like the door the glass door so I would be able to see something behind there which I like that a lot so yeah oh man thank you guys so much for being here today we know that anxiety takes shape in a lot of different ways in our lives and it can look very different from person to person and circumstance to circumstance we hope that with all of the things that we've talked about today we really hope that something that we've said has resonated with you and has made you feel seen really the goal is that you feel a little less alone Once again, thank y'all so much for listening to A Little Less Alone. Next week, we're going to talk about something that's so near and dear to my heart. I'm celebrating two whole years of being alcohol-free, so yay for me. And we're going to talk about, (laughs) thanks, Uh, we're going to talk about my story. I think Kayla may do more of like, I don't know, do you want to do more of like an interview type style? Yeah, that Um, sounds great. Cool. So, like, you can ask me a question, and I'll kind of take you guys along the journey of why I chose to be alcohol-free, why I choose the term alcohol-free versus sober, and how that's changed in my life recently. And, yeah, just kind of getting to know why I chose what I chose and how it shapes me and what it looks like in my life now. Thank you all again so much for being here, and we'll see you next time, or hear from you, or you'll hear from us.